What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Mylan Advisors. This is our innovation and leadership show. Today we have Jonathan Cottrell. He's the director of technology at Whiteboard. That's nothing that I did on my own necessarily. This is something that, you know, I, I credit the listeners. I credit uh, a lot of luck. I credit a lot of being in the right place at the right time. But I also credit, you know, getting in this room that I'm in right now, standing in front of the mic that I'm standing in front of. This is another episode of our innovation and leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Before we get rolling, I want to invite you to get involved with Child Rescue, the charity our founder started. To learn more about them, just come to our website, iCollective.co, and check on the Child Rescue tab on our menu. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let him become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software can do way, way cheaper, but uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all, so I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though, the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, so totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website, bookly.co, and check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. Jonathan, thanks for making time. Thank you so much for having me, sir. So uh, for everybody who doesn't know what Whiteboard is, why don't we start there and then talk about your podcast and some of the other interesting things you do. Whiteboard is a, a digital firm. Uh, we build digital products. We build digital solutions. Uh, really what that ends up being is uh, uh, software of various types. Typically, it's going to be web applications, websites, marketing sites, uh, we also do native applications. Uh, a typical software development firm in many ways, except for a few uh, really key important ones to us, and that is that we uh, we partner with uh, purposeful ventures. And uh, there's a long list of descriptions that, that we can't really totally cover in today's show. But, um, but yeah, we, we partner with uh, these purposeful ventures in order to do a little bit more than just maximizing a market share. Typically, there's some kind of uh, larger vision at play, and we do the uh, the digital strategy effectively to partner with these uh, with these kinds of of initiatives. You know, it can range anywhere from a one person organization that is still in its very early days, you know, pre funding, uh, all the way up to massive, massive organizations that we've worked for in the past. Yeah. Um, 
so for starters, you guys make some pretty gorgeous websites. Like I love this uh, last mile health where just right off the bat, it says we save lives in the world's most remote communities. Like, it's just so it's true. They really do. It's, it's the truth. So a sounds like a great client, you know, somebody who's making the world better, but B I just, you know, in the world of cluttered websites, so just from a, you know, art school dropout point of view for me, I think you guys have great design. And that's one of the things that I'd love to talk about is the role of design and creativity in innovation today. Um, before we talk about that, though, uh, tell everybody about your podcast. You've, I mean, you guys have done like, what, 190 episodes or something? Actually, we are Let's now see. around the 375 episode mark. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, quite a few episodes. And part of the reason for that is is because of the format. The, the podcast is intentionally short. Uh, it's a five to 20 minute podcast typically. Mm. And, uh, and depending on the day, depending on you know what we're doing for that day, sometimes the interviews run a little bit longer, but we typically try to keep it under 20 minutes, especially if it's a, a monologue style episode uh, where I'm just talking about a specific topic. Uh, but we do three episodes uh, per week. The whole point of the show is for me to uh, provide some level of coaching. So not everybody lives in a city or uh, even you know has access to someone who can provide them with career level coaching as a developer specifically on soft skills topics uh, things like you know how should I really format my uh, my resume so that a company like whiteboard uh, or or another uh, firm or agency or startup or major uh, tech product company how should I craft my resume how should I go about deciding what programming language to learn these are all questions that developers have that very often uh, are are either unanswered or not answered in a high quality, high touch way, and that was the point of the show from the very beginning. So it's called Developer T, like T E A, um, and and you guys host it. Is it a Spec network that you're a part of, or what Spec? Spec is the podcast network. Actually, so uh, what happened was I started my podcast on January fifth of two thousand fifteen. And another podcast started on January fifth, two thousand fifteen. Surprisingly, it's kind of a kind of a weird thing. Uh, we didn't coordinate. We didn't plan this. We didn't start spec together. We both just independently on opposite sides of the country started our podcasts. And uh, the the host of the other po- podcast, Brandon Bryan, they started Design Details, and uh, it's a design oriented podcast. Tons of incredible content on there as well. But uh, as we started progressing and our audiences started growing over the course of one or two months, we realized that we were kind of in uh, 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 complementary spaces, design and development. And so uh, Bryn reached out to me, one of the hosts of, of Design Details, and said, hey, you know, wh- what do you think about uh, kind of combining our efforts and eliminating some of the costs, eliminating some of the issues of, of uh, production quality while also complementing each other's uh, 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 respective audiences. And that's exactly what we did. So we created Spec. And since then, we've grown to quite a few podcasts. I actually don't have a a perfect number in front of my face right now, but quite a few podcasts and uh, some other content outlets as well. Well, let's talk about this for a minute. Um, You know, you and I mentioned just before starting the show, the value of content marketing. You know, at at Mylan, where we're uh, our consulting firm, when we've got clients that are trying to grow revenue, a lot of times we we really make them, you know, we do kind of this audit of looking at their sales program and are they really 
taking advantage of all the ways that, that their salespeople could be generating leads instead of out cold calling or something, right? Mm-hmm. And so yep. mm-hmm. some of our clients pay us to help them build a, build their own podcast. And you know whether it's offering white papers or offering something in the podcast to to generate leads and, and like genuinely offer something of value as a way to start a relationship with a potential client. Uh, I'm guessing with as much as you've done, it's, it has to be great for your career or business or tell me some of the benefits you've seen from, from running your own podcast, you know, especially with as many shows as you've done. Absolutely. So, uh, developer T on day one, uh, hopefully everyone can guess that, uh, the funding that we secured as the major podcast that we are was zero dollars. And, and hopefully many people can relate to this, right? Uh, so many times we start these ventures because, uh, because we, you know, the, the most successful ones or, or a lot of the successful ventures like podcasts start because they are, uh, seeking to create authority in a given space, right? Uh, cultivate authority. And that was the reason I started this podcast. Um, one of the, one of the many reasons I suppose, but, um, the main reason from a business perspective was to create authority. You know, I, I work at a private firm that um, typically I don't have a lot of opportunity to create authority for my own self unless I create media that other people can consume. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm working on behalf of my clients, in other words, right? And so um, what this allowed me to do was share my ideas. I was never really good at blogging anyway. Uh, it allowed me to share my ideas in a relatively new format. Uh, podcasting has been uh, up and down. You know, it depends on how you look at it. For this specific niche, a short podcast, short podcasts have not really been uh, a major uh, delivery mechanism, uh, at least until more recently. Um, specifically a development-oriented short podcast. Well, there's maybe two or three of those, right? Uh, so I created this niche, and it allowed me to develop authority, which uh, now, uh, pretty much anywhere I go, especially if I go to developer conferences, if I find a developer, there's like a 50-50 chance that they've at least heard of Developer T, and maybe another 10% chance that they have listened to one or more episodes, which is, those are gut estimates, but they're also pretty compelling. So now when I uh, have a, a conversation with them, they have a reasonable expectation of, you know, my level of understanding for what they're talking about. So it creates a good uh, connection point. There's also some really compelling numbers that it's generated for me, right? Uh, numbers speak uh, very loudly. So we've had over 6 million listens, for example. <laughs> That's this is a huge, great, man. It's a, it's a huge number for me. And that's nothing that I did on my own necessarily. This is something that, you know, I, I credit the listeners. I credit uh, a lot of luck. I credit a lot of being in the right place at the right time. But I also credit, you know, getting in this room that I'm in right now, standing in front of the mic that I'm standing in front of and continuing to produce content no matter what. It's a constant. I will always have content going out. This is something that I, I believe very strongly in. Have you seen the movie The Founder? No, it's a great movie. Uh, this is a, I believe it's Michael Keaton, and he's playing the uh, the role of Ray Kroc, the oh the, the new one who yes no mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet but I want to. Really great movie. So at the end of this movie, um, really the theme of the movie I don't, I don't want to give anything away. The theme of the movie is persistence, right? And and constantly going back and doing things that you know work, the things that you know have value, and that's really what this podcast has been for me. 
so it's created opportunity there. It, of course, has created direct revenue on the podcast as well because we have sponsorships, right? The higher the, the listenership, then the higher the sponsorship value goes. So it's a huge opportunity. Highly recommend that people who are, you know, even tangentially interested in creating a podcast, it is still a wide open space, still plenty of room uh, on the iTunes charts uh, for you to go and, and kind of experiment with that, uh, with that content format. Well, and I just want to talk about how big a deal 6 million listens is. You know, when you look at numbers on a YouTube or something, right? Um, I mean, from a perspective of like a mark, a marketing company, for instance, like one of our Milan clients is an advertising agency for big tech companies in uh, Silicon Valley, right? And mm -hmm. they pay 10 times as much per thousand views or per thousand listens on a podcast as they do on a YouTube, on a mm -hmm. YouTube video. Saying Absolutely. that their clients feel that a podcast listen is worth 10 times as much as a YouTube view, which makes sense when you think about, you know, the length of the length of time engagement and the length of loyalty where people start listening over and over. Right. Right. Exactly. And you get yeah. to, uh, you know, we get <laughs> we get comments from people or emails from people that, um, you know, they, <laughs> they talk to me about stuff that I haven't talked to them about. They've just been listening on the show about, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. Anyways. Uh, so listen, let's, let's talk about, um, design thinking and, you know, you're a pilot, you're a podcaster, you're a developer, you're a designer, you were a, you're a musician. We're going to make a career out of music. Um, you and I are both, uh, pretty interested in IDEO's form of innovation that, that now another, you know, a lot of people have contributed to the world of design thinking, but, can you talk for a minute on why you feel like it's a benefit to be bringing ideas from other realms into what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I read an interesting article uh, recently, and it was about the concept of intelligence. And when I say the word intelligence, we all have kind of a different conception of what that means. You know, a lot of people will immediately start thinking about artificial intelligence and the pending doom um, around the corner, but uh, a, a lot of us will also think about um, mathematical uh, concepts, right? Or let me use the correct term, mathematic concepts. Uh, some of us will think about science. Some of us will think about uh, art. Some of us will think about children as they grow up and they become uh, more intelligent or self-aware beings. Uh, some of us think uh, about all different types of things, about learning multiple languages, but ultimately, this is not a term that has one very specific meaning, right? So uh, what this leads to is when we say intelligence, and specifically when we refer to it uh, in, in the uh, context of computing intelligence or our collective intelligence, the human intelligence, uh, we're talking about something that includes a large variety, a cross-section of multiple different spaces uh, multiple different things that we can kind of interface with the world, right? Our intelligence is really the way that we can interface with the world around us and with the people around us and other entities around us. Um, so what this means, essentially, I say all that to say, when we talk about becoming smart about something, when we talk about developing expertise about a given subject, really we're talking about developing expertise in general, right? Think about this for a second. Uh, there's an article recently about Elon Musk that talks about how he is a super learner, effectively. 
And the reason he's a super learner, they, they posit this idea, is that he reads two books a day, or at least at one point he did um, in some fable uh, about Elon Musk. And the, the concept is, you know, he's gaining all of these different ways of thinking, different perspectives, different systems to apply. And he's taking these systems and he's applying to one company until it works. And then he takes the things that works, uh, takes the things that work from that company and he applies them to the next company. And every time he applies them to a new company, he's learning more and more. So the concept of having uh, siloed knowledge about one thing and then moving to another silo really doesn't apply at all to our intelligence, right? It doesn't apply at all to our knowledge. Really what we're doing is we're multiplying. When we have a second language, for example, uh, as, a, as a software developer, when I learn a second programming language, I learn more about the first language by learning the second language. This is what I like to call skill stacking. When you learn a second language, you can compare, especially if they're particularly different. You can compare how one does uh, a particular thing, and then you can compare that to the first one. You're going to get a lot more value out of that second language than if you only were learning the first. And the same is true all the way at that scale. So um, let's let's relate that back to the podcast for a minute. You know, um, sure. I think of different friends I have in tech, and uh, you know, there's a different. There's certainly like a subculture and a and you know a personality type that's often more attracted to that type of uh, thinking and that type of work. And soft skills is not typically high up on the list there. So yeah, yeah. Um, why don't you talk for a second about like the value of coaching and the value of one-on-one -on -one human relationship, especially in a world that can be very, um, you know, rules-based, math-based, task-oriented. I think uh, especially for developers um, and, and other highly trained, you know, highly valuable, high, in high demand industries, uh, the, the people who serve in those industries, the developers, or the, you know, the, the data scientists at the very high level, those people have a sense of security about their jobs, right? There's, there's strong security when you're in high demand. And uh, so a lot of developers have the experience of kind of dictating how their career has gone up until this point. And so what, what a lot of developers have had the, uh, I guess, perhaps it's a luxury, maybe it's just a mistake of, of our market or something along those lines, but uh, we've never really had to conform to what most other people have to conform to for their jobs to go well, right? Those things include knowing how to deal well with people, knowing how to interface with another person, knowing how to not uh, offend a client, um, knowing how to pitch, knowing how to create a sales environment, knowing how to gain a commitment. These are all things that in pretty much every other industry, you have to learn to some degree. In a lot of these high-level um, skill industries right now, those people have never really had to do that because the skill itself kind of stood as as the the one pillar that they needed to get hired, right? Um, this is changing. It's changing rapidly, and it's going to uh, leave the people who have a lack of those skills or who haven't been uh, honing those those personal interpersonal skills, those psychology skills, the presentation skills, how, how are you dressed, for example, you know, uh, these are very simple uh, concepts that, you know, people learned way back in the 50s that we feel like don't apply as much today, but they do, they really do. And so these skills are going to become important again, and uh, especially as 
technology advances and as more developers enter the industry, uh, we're going to see that high crop or that the high yield crop or whatever you want to call them, uh, they're going to be the ones that get the high the high paying jobs now. So this is important for a few different reasons. One, uh, you can't just wake up one day and start, uh, you know, being uh, uh, having good soft skills, right? It's not a switch that you turn on. It is a skill, just like any other skill. You have to practice at it. You're going to uh, you're going to need to practice in a, uh, conversational skills, for example, right? This is very simple, uh, very simple stuff. But ultimately, it's it, I guess it's it's simple, but it's difficult, right? It's not complicated, but it is difficult, especially if you are entrenched in old and potentially bad habits. Yeah. So l- let's talk about you know somebody listening to the show. Maybe they're um they're in a role leadership role and they've got these folks underneath of them who are heavy technicians and uh, and light on some of those uh, you know skills at inviting cooperation from other humans or things like this um, in your mind you know learning you know I'm hearing a theme that learning by doing you know meaningful repetitions is what's going to make the difference um, do you have any tips about maybe someone who's coming from like let's say some someone in HR who is very human, you know, very, very much sorting the world by human relationships and, and maybe less task oriented um, as they have to attract task oriented people on the team to want to learn these skills. Uh, I feel like you've named some so f- far about, you know, the, the career advancement opportunities, but anything to add to that of, you know, maybe people who sort the world differently, how they can attract task oriented people to see value in this? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is something that I have to do on my podcast, right? Uh, because this is stuff that I'm talking about. And um, I've potentially gained a voice by being a developer first. And, and there's a little bit to be said for, you know, walk in my shoes before uh, you tell me what to do. But at the same time, you know, a lot of the same conversational techniques that I use on the podcast can be used, you know, anywhere by anybody. Uh, one of those things is being as self-aware as possible, right? Yeah. Do you have so, any, for example, well, I was going to say, do you have any books or any classes or or people you look to for folks who want to learn about being more self-aware? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I I um, I like personality theories. Uh, I'm, I take as many tests as there are to take. Mm-hmm. I think that you can't learn enough about yourself. It's it's one of the most important things, if not the most important thing, you can do for yourself is to inspect, inspect your brain, inspect your emotions and and become aware. Uh, Certainly things like uh, uh, meditation can help. Uh, This is, you know, things like uh, uh, brainstorming, deciding what your values are. This is something surprisingly that very few people actually spend tangible time on. Do you know your own values? Have you written them down? Do you know what you want your life to look like? Uh, Do you know what your what your ideal day mm. looks like or, or what your ideal week looks like. Um, do you have, you, have you taken the time to decide, you know, what, what you would like for other people to think about you? Uh, these yeah. are all things that very often go completely underserved. Have you, uh, have you read this book? Um, the Harvard professor Clayton Christensen, the guy who wrote innovators dilemma and some of those famous books. Have you read his book? Um, how will you measure your life? No, oh, but I epic. really should. Yeah. So good. Um, <laughs> In fact, I think this is a good place to end for part one. Please tune into our next episode. We're going to be uh, hearing more about Jonathan and and how design thinking innovation uh, are going to be 
shaping the future and his opinions on what the future of web apps and and websites is going to be and uh, some other interesting topics so please tune back in we're going to cut off part one of the interview there in the interest of time we've had feedback that people would rather have 20 to 30 minute episodes so we're going to break the interviews in half please check back tomorrow for part two of the interview and as always come to icollective.co for show notes and to learn more about child rescue go to the menu and, and look at our child rescue page and see if that's something that you'd like to get involved with thanks for listening and now an ad from dad <clears throat> all right save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive can i take these off all right what is this this looks good wow that's well made where did you get this I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.